You can make it. You can make it. Just go. Just go. Just go. Today on the Knowing God Podcast. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Knowing God. I'm John. And I'm Caleb. And we are continuing our discussion and finishing our discussion on what it means to digitize church. And so we've been talking about maybe the green lights that people have looked at. Let's just go use technology in church in any way that we know and any way that we can. There are those that have maybe said, no, we're not going to really use technology. It's going to be more of a red light. We're going to keep things very consistent the way we've always done them. Today, though, we're going to be talking about kind of that middle area mm-hmm. and what it means to live with some degree of wisdom, some degree of caution, kind of the yellow lights as we think about porting technology and porting our, our church activities into a digital environment. What does that look like? How do we think through that? So Exactly. So I'm, I'm excited. This is definitely, you know, we talked about the red lights and green lights, and mm-hmm. this is where we land personally. I yeah. mean, you know, just full disclosure there uh, as far as um, looking at the full suite of digital technologies that are available to us and implementing those things which are helpful, which yeah. are beneficial to our people. And that's going to look different for every church. We should say that, that there's some churches who maybe, you know, have larger budgets and larger technology teams who can do a lot more things well and excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's going to be some smaller churches, and they're only going to be able to utilize a few of these things. But utilizing those things will make a big impact along the road. So Yeah, that's good. And, and also, too, I would just encourage any pastor that's listening to this or will listen to this to, to not be afraid of some degree of experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when we started doing this podcast, there's a tendency, you know, I think for us as pastors to make sure that we're doing everything perfectly mm-hmm. right out of the gate. And, you know, we're still learning this medium. Yes. Um, although you're a really funny guy. I don't know about that. <laughs> you bring a different side out of me. <laughs> uh, but we, we've we kind of tried to figure out this medium ourselves. And I think that could be kind of a good metaphor for mm-hmm. what we're talking about with these digital engagement tools and strategies that we're using is don't be afraid to experiment in some ways. Be okay with maybe doing some things that maybe they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody has said, uh, I can't remember who's attributed to, but if something is worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. Yep. That doesn't give you an excuse to do things poorly, but, but to start off that way. Right? Yeah, you get start out there and try. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think because we live in such a digital world now, mm-hmm. you know, like we have Amazon Prime, we have mm-hmm. Netflix, we have, you know, Disney Plus, all the streaming services, and right. none of that even existed. Maybe Prime did, but like Disney Plus didn't exist until a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're just we're living in this digital world mm-hmm. and it, it kind of merges, kind of comes in and out of like the real world, so to speak, you know. And so we do our shopping online and then we come back and we eat dinner as a family and then we watch a TV show that's being streamed. You know, it's like right. all these things. We're just living. Yeah. yeah, we're just living in this new age. And so we should think about how church works within that. Absolutely. So let's look at the first one. And the first one is just, again, exactly what John said, is that we are realizing that we live in a time of that transition, that interconnection yeah. between what's digital and what's in person. And, um, you know, we mentioned a few uh, last week about people who have jobs that are now primarily yeah. digital, that they're working from home and uh, most of their work is done uh, on a remote console. And so uh, that so much of people's lives is becoming digital, but then there's also still that in-person component. And so how do we mesh those well? And again, that's going to look different for so many different churches. There's going to be some churches who uh, who go all in 
right. with digital media. And they have the ability to do that. They have the budget to do that. Um, when we talk about technology, we understand mm-hmm. that there is an expense involved. And so maybe you're a part of a smaller church and they only utilize just a little bit of those things. But whichever mm-hmm. it is, there is connection between what is digital and what is in person. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know kind of what some of the implications of some of these digital environments are mm-hmm. going to eventually really kind of look like and how that's all going to play out. A good example might be like small groups on Zoom. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I think Zoom does really, really well, because we've all used it, is, is you can connect and do, you know, meetings really in, in a way that's, that's pretty simple. Like we mm-hmm. had a meeting last night with somebody who lived on the other side of town. We could have had her come to our house and you know that's mileage that she has to drive in her car time that she has to spend and and while our meeting would have been good we did spend 45 minutes on a facetime call correct and and so i i think we're living in a time where we're learning how to use these tools that needs to be appropriated don't be so afraid uh, of what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and again, maybe that means that we're not just going to embrace everything with no discretion. Correct. But don't be afraid of it. Exactly. And, uh, well, just the fact that things will change naturally and technology mm-hmm. is changing faster than it ever has. I mean, if you think about, you know, 2006, MySpace was the thing. That's true. Now I say MySpace yeah. and most teenagers are like, excuse me, like right. what, what is that? What is MySpace? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a dinosaur. It's dead, mm-hmm. you know, but social media is still alive and well. And so yep. while those platforms might change, who knows if Zoom is going to be around in five years, but that type of platform will be around. That's good. how we That's good. those things. One of the things, though, in that that mm-hmm. we need to think through is there was a man in the 1960s named Marshall McLuhan who mm-hmm. was kind of this tech prophet, media prophet in the day, and he still gets quoted. But one of the things he says and said uh, that is, is, is such a, a needed statement is the medium is the message. Mm-hmm. And so what he meant by that is the way that we say something is as just important as what we say. Mm-hmm. So when you are face-to-face with somebody listening to a sermon in the room, that is going to have a different feel than a podcast. Correct. Uh, it, it just will. And a good example of this, if I, if I type the exact same message in an email versus putting it like on official church letterhead, mm-hmm. those are two different mediums. Right. And they're going to have two different feels or two different weights in accordance to it. So the way we say something shapes what we say. Absolutely. And um, I think we feel that whenever we are doing our, uh, even when we're doing a sermon, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, wasn't something that we think about maybe two years ago to say all of those of you watching digitally or right. hey, here's some steps that you can take if you're watching from home. Um, those are not things that we would necessarily say. But now because of that median, we mm-hmm. have to change the way that we even talk about things, the way that we do things. And that median inevitably comes with a specific um, expectation and a specific way that people are going to view those things. Yeah. And so I think if, if you're going to take the approach like some of these VR churches have done, mm-hmm. you know, or just doing church online all the time, if you're going to take the approach that 100% of your community and church experience can be ported to an online environment, Mm -hmm. that is going to be shaped by the medium. There's nothing you can do about that. Right. And so what are those contours and those various shapes? Well, again, I think we're still determining what those are. Correct. And uh, just the way that we think even. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of studies that have been done about uh, specifically how people receive information these days, you know. And like I might ask all of you, when was the last time you read through a full book? You know, I mean, it's right now two thirds of adults, once they graduate high school, will never actually read completely through 
mm-hmm. a full book again. And so, uh, but we get a lot of information through snippets, through mm-hmm. you know, reading an article, through re- reading a meme. Maybe you get, maybe you're yeah. one of those you know meme theologians, and that's where you get your theology, and that's where you get your news from. Mm-hmm. But whatever those different mediums are, like we, uh, they change even the way that we think. So that's very good. important to consider. Another thing that McLuhan said, uh, he, he made this observation that tech kind of does four different things. Mm-hmm. So when we see a new technology come on, and so let's just use social media. Uh, Facebook is a good example here. So tech will extend something that we do naturally. So we want to connect, we want to share ideas. Social media then is a platform that makes that extension possible. Mm-hmm. It will also eliminate something from the past. And so, you know, it's not very common anymore to go to the town square and have a free exchange of ideas mm-hmm. because it's obsolete. Right. You know, like, I don't know if that was in existence before <laughs> Facebook, but but you get, the, you get right. the point. Like Facebook, social media really eliminated that. Mm-hmm. But what it does is, is maybe pulling that through and it retrieves that from the past mm-hmm. and kind of pushes that forward. I think Twitter is a good example of retrieving something from like Morse code or like a, the telegraph. Mm-hmm. You know, like a limited snippet of information that's being brought through. And another thing that McLuhan said that we talked about, I think a few weeks ago, is that tech also has a tendency to kind of come and like reverse in on itself Mm -hmm. and start to like cannibalize. So like where you have, uh, you know, technology being very, very powerful and useful uh, for communication and email and that sort of thing, we've all seen those, you know, email spats back Mm -hmm. and forth, like inner office emails that are exchanged that that aren't very healthy and helpful at all. Correct. And I mean, we we see that as well as that we are the most connected generation that's ever been, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, again, like you said, you can pick up your phone and instantly not just talk with somebody, but see somebody's face in real time who lives thousands of miles away, have a conversation with them. You can interact with them in all of these different ways. And yet we also live in the loneliest generation in history. And that's that example of those things turning back and so technology can both connect and isolate. You know, it, it can cut both ways. And so we have to consider that when we're thinking about how are we using this technology? Is this actually mm-hmm. connecting people to the broader, um, you know, the message of the gospel to the broader um, ex- uh expression of the church here yeah. locally, or are we actually alienating people? Or are we actually pushing people away through the way that we're doing things? I, I've heard it said that FaceTime should never replace FaceTime. Mm-hmm. You know, like FaceTime, the app on your phone should never replace time with one another. Mm-hmm. It, it can complement it, but I, I don't think that you can live a life solely online. Mm-hmm. You have to have some sort of personal relationships with people. And mm-hmm. so that might be something where you think about hey, it's easier in this situation to send a text message, maybe a face-to-face conversation is better, Mm -hmm. even though it's less convenient, it's needed. Kids, that's a lesson for you. Don't just text your parents. Sometimes you just need to give them a phone call because texts do not convey what you're actually trying to say. You think those emojis (laughs) convey what you want them to say, but they don't. Um, Okay, another point here is kind of that yellow light as we think about porting some of our ministries into a digital world. What this allows us to do, we've said this, I think, in so many ways already, is we've got six days in the week that aren't Sunday. Mm -hmm. And we've got all of these hours that we can take advantage of. If all of our ministry demands that people are in person, when we don't do that anywhere else in our lives, 
I think we as pastors and practitioners in ministry, we are neglecting those six days a week that we can do something of significance. Exactly. I mean, and this is something that we've um, looked at and that we're trying to capitalize on, especially in the summer. Um, for those of you who go to church, you probably noticed that there's a little dip in summer attendance because yeah. people are off traveling. You're not on your normal school schedule. Um, they might have vacation. You might have travel ball. There's a lot mm -hmm. of different things that happen during the summer. Uh, and so one thing that we've done is we've actually started to do these devotionals and mm -hmm. we're going, we're calling them summer classics. So we put them out digitally, uh, but also we try to incorporate the in-person component, right? The, right? You can watch this digitally, but we encourage you to watch it either with your family or a group of friends or your roommate or whoever. Sit down and have a meal and discuss the truths of the Word of God in a group of physical people, but we're putting out the content digitally, mm -hmm. right? And that's something that goes out and that people can interact with and that people can view throughout the week. That's not just a, hey, this is a Sunday thing. This is a anytime throughout the week kind of situation. Yep. So another point here, because the medium is the message, I think there's a tendency for people to think that, hey, if I have an opportunity to get in front of people and do like a pulpit announcement is a good example, mm -hmm. and I'm going to kind of stump for my different you know, ministry or my different thing that I want people to be aware of, the only way to do that is, is to create awareness through like an in-person gathering. Well, that might not be the case. And mm -hmm. though we've done it that way in the past, Everybody now is on their phones. Everybody has access to YouTube or to you know different social media accounts or whatever it is, email. Right. Maybe just because we haven't done it before, we can start thinking about ways to port information digitally that will mm -hmm. actually be more effective. So my point is that just because we haven't done something a certain way in the past doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it that way today. Right. Church database systems are a great example of Perfect. that. Um, the, one of the churches that I went to, we had what we called the Lamb's Book of Life. And it was actually <laughs> is this massive book of every member of the church who had ever been. And then they had to go through and they would say whether they were active, inactive, mm -hmm. passive, moved, transferred, you know, all these different things. And I set up planning center at this church and it was like, wow. This is so, like we don't have to get out the book and try to find somebody from 1950 and change their membership status. Mm -hmm. You can just type it in. And it was a, a massive upgrade because of technology. Right. And it was something that made it so much easier. And again, hadn't been done before. And there was this way that was supposedly working, but things became so much easier to do it the other way. And so yeah. technology can definitely have that. Impact. Yeah. Uh, I think about the way I, I preach. I used to preach off of paper. Mm -hmm. Now I preach off of an iPad mm -hmm. and it's cloud computing. You know, I can make a change on my laptop and it gets ported onto my iPad and, and it's, it's just great. Mm -hmm. And it's just, those are those things that just because I didn't do it a certain way, I've figured out a better way. Exactly. So we're always adapting. Definitely. Um, another point here that sometimes people will make it, well, if, you know, if we just go to online ministries, that would mean then that the in-person component will go away. Mm -hmm. And what we're learning is that, no, the in-person gathering will never go away. The digital world's never going to go away either. Mm -hmm. um, but just because you do digital ministry doesn't mean that the in-person will become obsolete or that we're saying that the in-person isn't important. Correct. I mean, and we even, we see that every day, right? Yep. It would have been easy for us to say, oh, well, in, um, you know, COVID, the sporting events, nobody could actually be in the stadium. Nobody's ever going to go back to the stadiums. That's proven not, to not be true. That's right. Right. I mean, the College World Series was, you know, a couple of months ago, all these different things of, you know, massive attendance, these mm -hmm. massive gatherings of people. And it, it would be easy to say, well, you can watch that on TV. Mm -hmm. You can stream that on satellite. You can do these different things. People aren't going to actually show up in person. And yet people do. Why? Mm -hmm. Because there's a different experience. And all of us who, if you're a baseball fan, you know, there's a big difference between watching a game on the TV and actually 
being there in person with a hot dog in your hand and saying, okay, this is what it means to be at a ball game. Mm-hmm. And how much more than with the church? You know, I mean, I think sometimes we don't realize the value that a lot of people do put on church. So maybe that happens for some people. Maybe some people choose to go online, but there's always going to be that contingent of people who value and who yeah. realize the value. Of there are certain person. things that I think are much easier to port online. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that are very, very difficult. I think congregational singing is one of those that yeah. just doesn't really translate very well to an online environment. If I'm watching a service, I'm probably not singing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm in my car and I do it. But, right. Um, that's really, really hard. Whereas if you're in the group of people that are singing, you're really encouraged by that. Correct. And so I think we just need to recognize that when we do certain ministries in, within person, you know, aspect to it, like we've always done, like we've always done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things that are just going to really be very, very necessary as mm-hmm. in-person gatherings. And I think the the football illustration, people will spend, you know, gobs of money on season tickets, even though they can watch it in high definition on TV, and they can get better instant replay reviews. Right. And they know exactly what's happening because they have somebody telling them about the play. And they don't have to leave their house. They don't have to leave their house. To, mm-hmm. And there certainly is an, an appeal to that. But, you know, if your team makes a run in the play, playoffs postseason, you want to go. You mm-hmm. want to be there. You want to experience that in person. Um, last point here that we would mention just for us to be thinking about in terms of digital engagement is the Gen Z generation. Mm-hmm. You know, those that are you know, college age and below, they're online. Mm-hmm. And so does this not necessitate us as pastors, preachers of the gospel, to think about ways to reach these young people in the world that they live. Absolutely. I think that's completely necessary. And just learning, um, I mean, there's going to be some, and this, you know, generationally, there's going to be some in the older generation, and they want a phone call or a face-to-face visit. Mm-hmm. If you call somebody Gen Z, nine times out of 10, or even millennial, like, they're not going to answer the phone. They're going to be like, why aren't you texting me? Like, what's actually going on here? Yep. Just send me a text, you know, like, I don't know why you feel the need to call me on the phone. Like, most of it is done via text message. So all of that just to say that the way that they need to receive communication, the way that they need to receive, uh, you know, all of these different elements of what the church has mm-hmm. might be a little bit different than the generations that have come before. And it's going to be even more true for the generations to come after. And so we, this is something that we have to be thinking through of how do we constantly constantly uh, position ourselves and remain open-minded to be able to reach the next generation in the way that they need to be reached and not necessarily in the way that we're comfortable reaching people. It's a good point. I, I think that's a great place to land. You know, hopefully these last three weeks have been encouraging to you as you've thought along with us. You, you may have never thought through these issues, mm-hmm. you know, but when it comes to digitizing church, extending the church's ministry in a digital platform, there are reasons to do it. There might be reasons not to do it. And a lot of times it is an it depends on your context. It depends on what's most effective. And I would say that there's kind of just those main questions. What are you trying to accomplish? And then what is the best way to get there? And so we're going to need some dependence upon the Holy Spirit to lead us in this next you know, venture of the mm-hmm. church, I would say. We're living in an unusual age. Exactly. And, and so it's an exciting age. But let's have some wisdom in how we use these tools. Definitely. So just encourage you to be biblical in your thinking, be brave in your thinking, and be blessed as you go out from here. We love you. See you next time.